Hi, I'm Ethan Kim, and you're listening to Break the System from My Technique. Hey everyone, welcome back to Break the System, the show that breaks down systems through science. We're starting off with a question again, and it's something kind of personal. Do you have a hobby? No, binging Netflix shows isn't really a hobby, but maybe an activity you enjoy doing. Maybe something like rock climbing, drawing, reading, or maybe even bullet journaling. I know it can be hard to find a hobby and stick with it, or even worse, the time commitment can be daunting. Well, I'm here to tell you about a study today that suggests that leisure time is actually good for you at work, and how having a similar hobby to your work might actually make you perform worse. So like we always do here, let's break it down. So a study in question found that spending more time on a hobby can actually boost your confidence in your own abilities to do your own job well. How did they find this correlation? Well, they found a variety of people in England and asked them questions about their leisure activity or in us normal people lingo, hobbies. It wasn't a survey, but a measured study. They had two large categories of questions, the first being an initial batch of questions, and then questions during various time points that they tracked throughout the study. For the first batch of initial questions, they asked questions like about how serious they were about their hobby. For this, they presented statements like, it's very important in describing who I am, intended to become accomplished in this activity, I regularly train for this activity, and finally, I believe I have the potential to be good for this activity. Another measurement they took was how similar their work and hobby was. Here, they asked stuff like how similar the tasks from work were when compared to their hobby, and if they used similar skills and abilities and had similar mental and physical demands. Next, in our second batch of time point questions, they were asked about how much time they spent for their hobby. Finally, they'd ask how efficient they were at work during different time points throughout the study and how resilient they felt like they were at work. Resilience being how they thought they were getting through difficult things at work. In other words, had their conflict resolution abilities and the ability to sort of push through on harder days, did that improve for them? After the researchers went through all the data and did the stats, which I won't bore you with because let's be real here, no one, not even really us in research, really want to hear about stats unless they come out great for us and the, how do I say this? The process behind getting all the stats isn't exactly exciting. So let's skip ahead to the stuff you came here for, the results. What they found was that longer than normal time spent on your leisure activity or hobby was correlated to a stronger belief that their ability at their job increased, but only when that hobby activity was serious and was different enough when compared to your work. What happened when the said hobby was similar and serious? 
the participants actually reported that their self-efficacy or their efficiency decreased at work. So let's throw you another question. Why do you think their efficacy got lower? The authors of the study predict that to be serious about a hobby, you invest a lot of energy into it, both physical and mental. So if at work, we use the same skill set, we get much more tired and fatigued. Think of yourself like a bunch of different batteries. We only have so much capacity in them, let's say equaling up to 100%. Sleeping and eating help recharge all of those batteries. Lots of other factors recharge you too, but typically, nutrition and sleep are the two of the most important factors. Activities you do during the day uses those batteries, and different activities use different batteries. And again, like I said, we only have so much capacity. If we have hobbies that are similar to our work, we use the same battery that we use for work, and then exhaust it a lot, lot quicker. So if we have a hobby that requires different skills, then we use a different battery for our hobby and for our work, and it leaves more capacity for both. So what does this mean for us? Well, having a hobby can be good for us. It lets us use a different skill set we don't use at work and allows us to take our mind off of work, which is good for another couple of reasons. One being that we don't have to think about work, which lets us get less stressed and disassociate from our work. Secondly, we then don't create any associations with our work and hobby. I've talked about associations before in a couple of other episodes, so maybe go give that a listen. But basically, if we create an association between our work and hobby, it can have both positive and negative sort of reinforcements. If we have a good relationship with our work, then maybe having that association isn't bad at all, but if we have a negative association with work, maybe it just causes you a lot of stress, then you probably won't end up enjoying your hobby either. It has its pros and cons, but you can probably see where I'm going from here. Those sorts of associations means that it has a chance to cause you more or less stress. On the downside that it creates more stress, then you'll be more likely to be burnt out from doing your hobby. Whereas if you have a positive association or just create no association at all between your work and hobby, then it'll probably mean that you gain less stress from your hobby, which means that it has a lower chance to burn you out, which is great for us not only from a mental health perspective, but also a productivity perspective as well. But what about those of us that don't have a quote-unquote serious hobby? We might not have, you know, as a dramatic effect as someone that is maybe really serious about knitting or rock climbing or even figure painting for war recreations. But it still does help us create a better work-life balance, which is a huge plus in the end game. It's about creating time for yourself, which can be rare at times, but the more you have going on in your life, the more important it is to budget time for yourself. I know that sounds counterintuitive when you don't have time to create time for yourself, but 
then you need time for yourself. But hear me out here. You know how on flights they tell you to help yourself before you help others. That's because if you're incapacitated, you physically can't help other people, and that logic exactly applies here. If you can't help yourself first by creating time and having hobbies that fulfill you more than just your work, then chances are you won't be able to offer advice or give. Emotional or literal physical support for people that need it in your life. So my advice is that even though you might not have the most time to create a new hobby or invest that time, creating time for yourself, even in the form of exercise or maybe binging a show on Netflix, can have huge benefits not only for you but for the people around you as well. So before we take off for the week, let's get a quick takeaway in case you zoned out. That's okay. We all do. Basically, you're a collection of batteries, each for different tasks. Having a hobby that uses the same capacity and skills as your main line of work helps that work battery recharge and helps you perform better at work if you have a significantly different hobby. But you don't have to worry if you don't have a serious hobby. Having a hobby just at all can be very helpful, just not as helpful. Make time for yourself to enjoy the finer things in life. And with that, I'm gonna take off, and I'll be back next week. Take it easy. Until next time, stay productive and stay curious. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Break the System. I've been your host, Ethan. We'll be back with more episodes of Break the System every Thursday. If you're interested in our other podcast series, make sure to check out the Canvas series, which airs every month. You can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and any of your favorite podcasting apps. If you found any of the tips helpful, or just simply enjoyed the episode, you can leave us a five-star review and recommend our podcast to friends or colleagues that might find it useful as well. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.